Kalis is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist. Welcome back to the Houston Dynapod podcast. I'm your host, Finister, and we're fucking depressed. This is uh, season two, episode 23. We are rocking and rolling now. This was a shitty weekend, right? There's no guest today. You get a solo show, which means it's going to be a little bit quicker, and uh, it's going to be all me. So, going to D.C., we're facing the last place team in the East. Of course, we're all thinking we can get a result, but guys, you know this is the Houston Dynamo. You know we do not travel well. Yes, we beat Miami, but Miami's a lot like Houston. And I'm not going to make excuses for what this team did on uh, Saturday. It was disjointed. It was discombobulated. It was depressing. There's no excuse for what happened. Yes, we were without Fafa Pico. Yes, we had guys playing in different roles. Griffin Dorsey played the right wing. He hasn't played there since last season. He should be able to, but he's been a wing back. We got to see Zeka, which was nice. Um, Still wondering where Daniel Starris is. I miss him. He started off very well. But let's roll through this, guys. Let's roll through this so I stay uh, on task. Now, everything was pretty much as you'd expect. We had a surprise with Zekit right back and Dorsey and the right wing. Fafa was left home with a hamstring injury. Would have been nice to know that going in. Uh, we trotted out Ferreira, Pasher, Quintero, Dorsey, Vera, Karaskia, Lundquist, Hadebe, Parker, Zeka, and Clark. Uh, the stinker of the game. Goes to Stephen Clark. I uh, rated out at a 5.0, lowest rating on the team. Surprisingly, <clears throat> our player ratings were not not awful, considering what we watched and what we saw on the field. Um, our back line across the board were sevens, so that's an improvement. Our back line's been shitty. Coco had a great game again, uh, but after you got past Coco in the back line, everybody underperformed. Everybody, except for Quintero. Quintero was slightly better than average. But looking through the stats here, this wasn't a game that they ran away with. They're obviously not a very good team, but neither are we. They had .94 XG. We had .74. They had twice as many shots, but only two or three more on target. We had more possession. They committed more fouls. Uh, Defensively, you know, offensively, they pretty much... They outperformed us, but it wasn't by a mile. And, you know, judging based off of what we've seen on social media, uh, it would look like we were beaten six to nil, five to nil. We'd look like Miami, you know, week one. So it, it wasn't great. It wasn't, it wasn't very good. Okay. We used all five subs, albeit a bit late. We saw Tiago get in there at the 85th minute and Junko get in there at the 85th minute as well. Thor, Memo, and Corey. Baird had a better game for Baird. He rated out in the sixes. The problem with this team right now is that there's just there's no real depth. I mean, we we have more depth than last year, which is not saying much, but our depth is coming in the form of Corey Baird, who's been out of form. Memo Rodriguez, who as Sean says, couldn't play for a USL squad. 
Thorleif Olferson, who's an MLS draft pick. And then a bunch of, you know, Zarek Valentin, who's on his way out. Steris, who's been hurt. Uh, Bartlow, who high draft pick, but limited appearances, but I've liked what I've seen. Soren, who is a role player. Sam Junka, who before last season didn't really deserve to play a whole lot. But our backups are not the guys that are going to start for most MLS squads. And that's a problem. That is a problem, but it's a problem that's going to take time to fix, which hmm, we have time, guys. I mean, we got a long time. We got until each one of us dies before that we can we run out of time. Now, this team here, I put something out on Twitter that said, be patient. And I think we have to be patient. This is year one. I know you're saying rebuilding. We've been rebuilding for six years. Not with Pat Onstad, not with Ted Siegel, not with, despite some of the shit he's taking, Paulo Nagamora. There are some people out there that are not happy with Naga and his tactics. And I put some, uh, I put a post out and I asked people for questions and I got quite a few. Apparently we're all dejected. We're fucking upset. Now I did watch the game, not live. I watched it on Hulu, ESPN plus. Because I went out to dinner for Mother's Day. Had a great weekend. Got barked at uh, fucking in the middle of the night on Saturday night. My lady slept over. And I guess I guess at midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 a.m., uh, I was woken up to the sound of barking next to me. Like, and I fucking, I got a little frightened. It's not too often that you get barked at in the middle of the night from the person lying next to you. And I tried to wake her up, and I couldn't wake her up. And she, it sounded like sleep apnea, but she freaked out, and she didn't know where she was. So I got barked at uh, on Mother's Day Eve. Had a wonderful Mother's Day with my mother. Went down, had a delicious seafood dinner. Drank a couple beers, hung out. Came back, and then was absolutely worthless, because I was beat from this weekend. Spurs tied Liverpool, so there's my silver lining. All right, so here we go. Let's talk a little bit about what we're seeing on social media. I don't need to break the game down. It was shit. Let's let's not do it again. First thing that stuck out to me was Griffin Dorsey saying, there are zero similarities between this year and when I arrived last year. We have a team that is willing to fight, and we have a team that is willing to give everything we've got. Look, we said the same thing about Tab Ramos' team early on. We did. It appeared like they were fighting and they were playing for each other early on in year one and year two. I don't know what Dorsey's definition of fight is. We just didn't look organized. It's hard to organize. It's hard to fight when you're organized. How are we going to be competitive when we're not organized? Excuse me. We're, we were disorganized because a guy who basically starts every match was gone. And instead of having inverted wingers, we now had a left-footed winger on the left and a right-footed ring- winger on the right, which by all, I don't know, chance should create more opportunities for Sebastian Ferreira, who has four goals despite touching the ball about nine times this season. So it it didn't work. It did not work. And I'm okay with wingers that, you know, a right foot on the right side and a left foot on the left side, but ew, that was that was really fucking gross to watch. I, I sure as shit hope you guys are willing to fight. You guys are getting paid pretty decent some of you to go out there and play a game. Well you know there's people that serve uh, 
food to homeless people or are over there in Russia and the Ukraine, you know, doing their thing. So yeah, I sure hope you guys are going to, to fight and try hard. All right, let's go into these questions, man. It's an early show. It's just me. Marlon asks, when will Avila and Palomino get real minutes with the first team? Fuck if I know, man. I mean, I, I thought Palomino should have started getting minutes last year. But what do what do we know? We're, we don't run practices. We don't go watch. We're not out there for training. We're not out there for it. So I, I don't I don't know. Is it time to put the young guys in? No. We're still in eighth place some fucking hell. We haven't won in four matches and we've lost three in a row. We are still in eighth place. That's how just that's how much parity is in MLS. Right? There's a lot because we haven't won a game in four matches and we've only fallen like three or four spots down the table. And this is where we need to be when Herrera gets here. We want to be around these seven, eight, nine spots. Six would be preferable, but we want to be in contention for a playoff spot when that summer window opens up and Hector Herrera comes here. I think that Avila has more of a chance of getting minutes up top than Palomino because he's been scoring pretty regularly for Dynados. Fafa picked up an injury. Baird hasn't been very good. Um, who else plays up there? Dorsey, we saw that. Pasher's been inconsistent. Maybe Avila, Avia, however you say it. it. Maybe it's time for him to go up there. When? No idea. It doesn't appear like the youth movement has started yet. Because had the youth movement started when we were out of position, our young guys would have been, should have been playing for years. I would like to see Palomino get in there. Question is, who does he replace? Who do you replace with Palomino? Quintero? No. Carasquilla? No. Vera? No. Should Palomino come off the bench? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So same with uh, Avila. All right, next question. Adam asks, do you see us making any more roster moves when the transfer windows, when the transfer window opens again? And what do you think we'll do? Yes. Yes, I do. We have to. I think we need a winger on the right side. And, or excuse me, I think we need two wingers because Fafa's on the wrong side of 30. Baird is underperformed. And Tyler Pasher's been inconsistent. He's also better suited as a sub when he can go at tired legs. So, yeah, obviously Herrera's going to come in. We were linked haphazardly to Diego Linus. But yes, we have to make more roster moves. Even if they are bench players or depth players. Even if we pick up players that have been cut by other MLS squads that have a history of MLS, I don't know, mediocrity being average. Because we don't have average MLS players on our bench. We don't. We do not have average MLS players on our bench. And if you get one of these clubs who has an average MLS player that's been dropped, we could slot them in. Because as it stands right now, we are a below average MLS team. So average MLS players would make us better. And I know we don't want to be average. Average is seventh. Seventh is a playoff spot. Being average after being 20 fucking seventh isn't that big of a deal. It's not too bad. I'll take average over what we've been watching the last four weeks any day. And you know, there were there were matches in there, the Dallas match, prior to the injuries. We were on pace to win that one. 
The Austin match, we never looked wide enough and they took advantage of us. The Portland match was just, ew. It was boring and drab. But yes, we're, we're going to have to make some moves. <clears throat> 100%. All right. Eric asks, the way we are playing, the formation, is it proper for this team? Uh, I think so. The head coach is playing a 4-3-3. Am I a fan? Not really, because it uses Darwin Quintero incorrectly. Quintero is a true attacking midfielder, and in a 4-3-3, he's more of a regular midfielder. He's more of an 8, I guess you could say, instead of a 10. And if we played a 4-2-3-1, that would move Darwin into his more natural 10 position. Uh, it would get him higher up the pitch. It would also take Karaskia out of the attack as much. But it would open us up defensively. I think the 4-3-3 defensively is more sound. The 4-2-3-1 can be sound, but you need to leave those two mids. They need to be able to come back. Coco being another creator, uh, he doesn't provide the same uh, God quality defensively as Matias Vera. Speaking of Coco, one of our roster moves should be to sign him permanently. Adam, going back to your question, that, that would be a roster move. A permanent acquisition of Coco Karaskia would be an addition. It would be because he's not our player. I hope he stays because I think he has a lot of potential. I think he opens the door to more Panamanian players. There are some decent ones out there. But, I mean, there's, there's moves that need to be made in the formation. I don't think we change it up. I don't think after 10 matches, it's time to abandon ship. I think you got to wait it out a little bit and be patient. One of my new uh, favorite followers, <laughs> Kyle. Kyle asks, all negativity and losses aside, what has been your favorite part of the season so far? It's a two-part question. Favorite part of the season so far? Hmm. Probably the build-up to the Austin match because I really enjoy getting under their skin. After that, Sebus' uh, midfield goal. That was my favorite part of the season. Or any of Quintero's worldy golosos early on. I think seeing Dynados and seeing the way that we are building a foundation for the club now, I think that's one of my favorite parts as well. There's, there's a lot of good things happening. They're just not happening as fast as we want. I mean, Dynados is brand new. So we are just now, again, using an affiliated farm team. We had a year without RGV. When we used RGV, they're six hours away. Not exactly the best setup to shuttle players back and forth. So you have to give this one time. Kyle also asks, what midseason change do you think would work best to turn the ship around? Bringing in Hector Herrera. I think that he is going to bring an energy to the club. I think he is going to bring a level of play this club has never seen a level of quality that's never been here. And I think that he will step into that locker room and he will immediately be a leader. He has l experience uh, on our squad right now. You have some internationals, but none with the notoriety of uh, Hector Herrera. So that's going to be the biggest change. Another one would be adding players that can contribute off the bench. Bringing in players to go out there and Compile ratings of 5-9-6-0-6-1-6-2. That's far below average. Can we get some 6-6s, six some 6-7s back there? Because depth-wise, we are hurting. 
And it's been said before, if there's an injury, we are in trouble. Guess what? Fafa got injured. We got manhandled by the worst team in the East. In Washington, in poor weather. But either way, I looked at our passing network from Dynamo Theory, and it looked like just a straight up... It looked like there was three guys passing the ball. In the first half, our passing network was absolutely awful. It was all in the midfield. And then I'm watching us on the sides, and we just hoof the ball up, and then we turn and run and we chase. That shit hasn't worked. Next question. My boy Rob with a little bit of humor. Do you think they would play better on mushrooms? No. No, I do not, Rob. Um, it, it'd be more entertaining, like I said, and it would definitely uh, increase the... <laughs> The entertainment factor, but man, no, we can't even play well sober right now. We need to, uh, we need to stay away from the shrooms. Speaking of those, uh, yes, they did some again. And, uh, I want to stay away from those for a little bit. I'm fine, but just getting all cloudy in my mind. I need to clear that space out a little bit. All right. Colin from keeping tabs asks who, by the way, was supposed to guess last night, but he had to work. Colin asks, so what's the plan? Miss playoffs again this year? Get a 32-year-old Hector Herrera, and then what? There's no real foundational pieces on this team. Hmm. That's, that's a good point. Are there real foundational pieces on this team? Maybe. I would call Sebastian Ferreira a foundational piece. I would call Teenage Hadebe a foundational piece. I would go so far as to call Coco Karaskia a foundational piece. After that, no. Now, some people might point to the young kids and say, what about Palomina? What about Avila? They're not, they're not a, a piece. They're not even fucking playing. They're not even really like appearing. They came out versus, or, or we watched, we didn't even watch Palomina versus RGV. We got to watch our squad players. We know how that worked out. Speaking of which, if we run our squad players out against San Antonio, we'll be bounced. If we play the same lineup we played against RGV, I think they'll beat us. So we need to put some quality out there and take this Open Cup seriously and get a win to bring the fans back just to get the to right the ship a little bit and pull morale in the right direction. Next question from a man that I absolutely love. Webb Tilton writes, I'm patient, but at the same time, I hate losing. I want to see improvement. The last three games, it seems we've gotten worse. The first two were from missing players. Last night, I have no clue. But hopefully soon, this will be behind us and we'll be enjoying winning streaks. Dude, I hate to lose more than I like to win. The last three games have gotten worse. And all three were for missing players. Let's be honest. Fafa was out. And Fafa is such a big piece for us up front. You could argue that Fafa is the most important piece on the front in the front three. Because he stretches the field. Nobody is as fast as him on our team. Pasher would be a close second, I would imagine. Maybe Zeka. But nobody is as fast as Fafa, and nobody has that pace to stretch the field. I can only imagine that the shift in tactics from Nagamura going from inverted wingers to traditional wingers really, really fucked us up. Because we did not look like we knew what to do. And it throws off your patterns of play, because now instead of inverting the wingers and having an overlap, your backs have nowhere to invert. I mean, they have nowhere to overlap. 
or they invert, or you're inverting guys who are right-footed and left-footed, but from their sides. Granted, this is not a show for tactics. I'm just saying what I think, and it's probably fucking wrong. But I know that if I had inverted wingers, I would overlap my backs. And if I didn't have inverted wingers, I would not invert my backs, and I would look for underlaps from my midfielders coming up the pitch. And the underlaps would come from Quintero and uh, Karaskia, but we'd, we haven't seen it. Not yesterday, not in three games. Here's, a, here's one. Here's a question. Federico says, Federico's a new, new question guy, so welcome. Federico says, no one's talking about the coach, and I just can't understand. Does anyone actually watch football or just the scores on your phone? This guy has no idea what he's doing. Give him Pep's Barca, and he would be fighting for relegation too. I don't know that I can say he doesn't know what he's doing. He was hired by an MLS Cup winning GM, Pat Onstad. He was vetted by him, Asher Mendelssohn. Everybody sat down and got together on this guy. No, he doesn't have MLS experience. Yes, he coached SKC too. Yes, that was a USL squad. Is a USL squad or MLS Next 2 team? I, th- I think he knows what he's doing. I think he's just having to work with the pieces given to him. You know, if I gave you a, sa- if I said to you, make a salad, and I gave you rotten lettuce and rotten tomatoes, your salad's going to taste like shit no matter how much dressing you put on it. And I think right now that we're just trying to pile on some salad dressing to cover up the taste of uh, this shitty club. But, you know, you can't get too negative. We're 10 games in. We're not even a third of the way through the season. Sean said on the last episode, we can lose four or five in a row. And as long as we're hovering around when Herrera gets here, that should be a massive change in energy and a massive swing in momentum. And I agree. I agree that it will be. But... Herrera is not going to come in and score 10 goals. Herrera might come in and, you know, increase your XG by 0.25 or half a point a game, half a goal, but he's not going to come in here and light the world on fire with assists and goals. He's going to get the ball back. He's going to help us retain possession. He's going to create some chances, but if we can't finish, it doesn't matter. I think if you gave anybody Pep's Barca, they wouldn't get relegated. Let's be honest, because I don't know what I'm doing. I would just tell the players to do what they do. Next question, and actually the last question. This is from Wade, another new writer, another new listener. Thanks, guys. Uh, The listenership has increased exponentially. It's been awesome. Followers has gone up exponentially, about 140 in the last, I don't know, two or three weeks. So Wade says, last night was bad. I lack the descriptive vocabulary to fully explain what I saw. We didn't take a step back. We took 10. It was shameful. Yeah, it was ugly. It was boring. We got outplayed. I mean, Taxi Fountas fucking lit us up. Steve Clark had the worst game of his season. And we played guys out of position. Not really out of position. I would say Dorsey's out of position. Dorsey hasn't played that position all year. I do, uh, I do, I am happy to see the performance of the back line, Tim Parker being restored. But yeah, it was it was a bad game. It was not good. I don't know how many times I can say this. You know what? I'm not going to say it anymore. Uh, I think that Paulo has done a good job managing his subs. I think he's done a good job of trying to keep people healthy and rotate them in. I think he made the right subs to try and come back. He put in offensive-minded guys. We didn't see Bartlow or Seren come off the bench. We saw Thor, Junko, Baird, Memo, and Tiago. 
all of which you can argue are guys that offer something going forward, right? They're not just strictly defensive players. And I'm, I'm very excited about Zeka, but I'm not excited about pushing Dorsey up to the right wing. I think pushing Dorsey up to the right wing is going to be uh, disappointing on so many levels because he was cut as a right winger and a right midfielder. So there's that. All right, guys, it is a solo show, which means I can't sit here and run my yap for like an hour when I talk to somebody. So you're getting a smaller one today. Uh, go ahead and like, share, rate, and review the show if you like it. Uh, if you gave me a one star because you hate me, you can always adjust those to my Austin fans that may or may not listen. To my uh, my loyal listeners, thank you. Love you. You guys are the best. I will say one thing. Uh, don't be posting racist shit on my posts. Don't post any type of vulgar racist bullshit because that's not me. I know you think that some of you might think that I'm just this wild fucking asshole sometimes, but I don't do the race thing. I don't talk about people's children. Uh, I will make inappropriate sex jokes and I will make, as one guy, one listener said, Anthony, I think it was Anthony, thinly veiled threats, which yeah, I guess so. If you want to take it that way, sure. But yeah, don't come out. Don't come on my profile with racist shit. That's fucking stupid. And I don't want to lose listeners, but I, that shit's not cool. All right. We have San Antonio coming up next. And then after them, we have another game to play. And I don't, I don't have any fucking idea who we're playing. Oh, it's Nashville on May 14th. And we are at home. That's going to be a tough one. Nashville are a decent club. They are better than us right now. They sit at sixth in the East. 15 points, a one goal differential. It's a winnable game, but it's a game that, or excuse me, they're in the West. They're not in the East. It's a game that has playoff spot implications. We are now two points behind a playoff team. This would swing us back into the playoff position. So the Nashville game is big. The San Antonio game's fucking big. And I'm going to tell you, I hope we see the Dynados guys. I don't want to see our squad players. They played awful. I love Zarek Valentin. I don't want to see him start the game unless he absolutely has to. I, I love Memo. I don't want to see him start the game unless he has to. I'd like to see Palomino and Avila and some of the young guys get out there with our squad players coming in as subs late because development is a process that starts with Dose and it evolves into limited first-team exposure, more first-team exposure, and eventually first-team starts. So two big games coming up this week. I don't know if you guys will have a fuck. I don't know, man. It's, it's got to get better. After what we saw the other night, it can't get worse. And what worries me right now is Fafa's hamstring. That's a serious injury that can take some time to uh, heal. It can also nag him all year. And we don't need our fastest, most paciest player having a nagging injury all year. So, guys and girls, that's it. Houston Dynapod Podcast. I'm Finister. Congrats if you made it this far. You got through a normal solo show. And you guys haven't had one of these in a fucking minute. So, try to keep positive. I know after the last match, it's hard. But this is a process that we are 10 games into. We are 10 games into this process. Don't count last year. Last year, we were still dealing with Matt Jordan, Dab Ramos. 
And a lot of these pieces are Matt Jordan and Tav Ramos pieces. It's going to take time. You can't overhaul the roster. So let's be patient. Let's be a little positive. Let's support the team. We have two home matches this week. San Antonio is going to be a decent match. Go out there and watch the fucking club. I'll be there. Nashville is also a big game. Go watch the club. I'll be there. Two home games. Two great opportunities to pile up back-to-back wins, advance in the cup competition, and get back into playoff spots. Guys, we can do this. We can make the playoffs. That is the goal. It is extremely attainable. We know this team goes through this slump. We have seen this team start off lightning fast and then slowly peter out. Here's the deal. We can start lightning fast and we can slowly peter out, but we have to have uh, runs of form. We have to have games where we put points on the board, where we add points to our total. Excuse me. We cannot just continue to slide like we've been with draw, loss, draw, loss, draw. We got to start winning some more games at home. And on the road, we got to start playing for a point. Got to average a point and a half per match. If we can do that, we can make the playoffs. Like, share, review, subscribe, rate, all that stuff. Boys and girls, thank you for listening. I'm Finister. This is your Houston Dynapod podcast. And as always, go Dynapod. Albert Valise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's familiar with failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.